Hey everyone, I'm Kristen Holmes, a national correspondent here at CNN and host of CNN's Election 101. And this is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, November 21st. Democrats have a list of legislative priorities before they lose control of the House in January. So House Republicans have made it clear they plan to block President Joe Biden's domestic agenda. Some of the goals Biden has been most outspoken about will now be nearly impossible to pass in the next Congress. Biden had previously promised that if Democrats elected more senators and kept control of the House, he would prioritize codifying Roe v. Wade, a goal now virtually impossible because Republicans won the House. Other aspirations that Biden has previously talked about, including passing an assault weapons ban, will also be viewed as non-starters. Now, on the other side, Republicans have said they plan to flood the administration with oversight investigations. If you want to hear more about those investigations, check out Friday's episode. But that being said, Democrats have little over a month to pass legislation while they still have control of both chambers of Congress. We're currently in what's called a lame duck session. That's the period of time in Washington after the midterms and before a new session of Congress begins. Lawmakers have historically accomplished key initiatives during this time because politicians leaving Congress may feel like they have less to lose politically. At the top of Democrats' list for the lame duck session, funding for the government, which a White House official said would include funding for Ukraine and COVID-19. President Joe Biden also hopes to sign a bill to protect same-sex and interracial marriage during this period. Last week, the Senate cleared a key procedural hurdle towards passing a bipartisan bill protecting same-sex and interracial marriage, voting 62 to 37 to break a filibuster. That means it's on track to passing. Now, the bill isn't a national requirement for all states to recognize same-sex marriage, but it would require states to recognize other states' legal marriages. So if the Supreme Court overturned its 2015 Obergefell v. Hodges decision and states were allowed to ban same-sex marriage, that state would still be required to recognize a same-sex marriage from another state. Some Republicans, they say the bill is pointless, like Senator Mike Lee. The Supreme Court's decision in Obergefell v. Hodges is the law of the land. A single line from a single concurring opinion does not make the case for legislation that seriously threatens religious liberty. The Respect for Marriage Act is unnecessary. States are not denying recognition of same-sex marriages. Here's Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein responding to these claims. As we saw this summer with the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, hard-fought rights are still always vulnerable to repeal. We must also remember that a concurring opinion to the Roe v. Wade repeal, one Supreme Court justice explicitly called for the court to reconsider and overturn Obergefell. Democrats are also trying to reach an agreement with Republicans to provide a pathway to citizenship for the nearly 600,000 DACA recipients. The DACA program allows undocumented immigrants brought to the U.S. as children to live and work in the U.S., but it currently faces legal challenges. Most recently, a federal appeals court largely upheld a lower court ruling finding the program illegal. In the absence of legislation, the Biden administration has tried to preserve the program. 
Earlier this year, the Department of Homeland Security announced a new regulation to continue the policy and replace the Obama-era memo. But the regulation is still vulnerable to litigation, leaving it up to Congress to pass permanent protection. While House Democrats have reiterated their support for the measure, one source told CNN, quote, it's really a Senate game. Senate Democrats would need at least 10 Republicans on board to break a filibuster and advance legislation on DACA. Here was Senate Judiciary Chair Dick Durbin at a recent press conference. We need 10 Republicans who will step up and join us in this effort. I can think of four or five as I stand here. We need more. We've got an opportunity. That opportunity is the month of December. I'm prepared to sit down with any Republican in the Senate who wants to talk about this issue. I'm inviting some in. We're talking privately. And at the same presser, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer talked about how the issue was personal for him. I believe in this so much. I believe in it in a personal basis because I know dreamers who have been such great people here in America and who have just struggled. Every time they get a phone call, every time they walk down the street, they're worried, will someone grab them and take them away? But I also believe in it as an overall, as an American who wants to see our country be stronger. Democrats and Republicans have both been sympathetic to DACA recipients, but the give and take between the parties over DREAMers has made it difficult to get a bipartisan compromise. And meanwhile, it's still unclear whether Biden plans to run for president again in 2024. Sources say that members of his own cabinet are divided on whether he'll go through with the launch. He's privately and publicly signaled that he sees Democrats' success in the midterms as an endorsement for him to run again. CNN talked to 24 Democratic elected officials, top operatives, and Biden aides, and the past two weeks have left them more confident that Biden could beat former President Donald Trump, who recently launched a third run. Some say they underestimated Biden. Though there isn't a huge passion behind Biden, there aren't many t-shirts with Biden's face or flags with his name on it, he also doesn't inspire passionate hate. But top Democrats have noticed Republicans' unenthusiastic reaction to Trump's campaign and worry that the GOP could nominate a different candidate. And though they love seeing Trump struggle, they privately worry that it could lead to a more difficult 2024 campaign for Biden. Trump's political brand is arguably the weakest it's been since his first presidential bid in 2015. It's clear his power within the party has diminished following the 2022 midterm elections, though he has tried to put the blame on other Republican leaders like Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. After Trump's 2024 presidential announcement, many GOP elected officials and conservative media personalities didn't pay it too much attention. Even House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy didn't explicitly express support for him. But one new interesting development that may shake up the 2024 landscape Twitter reinstated Trump's account over the weekend. Its new owner, Elon Musk, restored Trump's profile Saturday after he posted a poll asking Twitter users whether Trump should be brought back, and 51.8% voted in favor. As a reminder, Trump was banned after the January 6th insurrection. Trump has previously said he won't go back to Twitter and will stick to his own platform, Truth Social, but it would be hard to imagine he wouldn't take advantage of the opportunity to jump back on the site to help his campaign efforts. Now, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is seen as Trump's most formidable opponent should he also enter the 2024 race. Trump is still ahead in a number of national primary polls, but DeSantis is polling better in early national polls than any non-Trump candidate did for much of the 2016 primary cycle. The bottom line is that Trump has an uphill climb ahead of him for 2024, which could actually be bad news for Joe Biden. 
That's it for today's political briefing. Thank you so much for listening, and please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.